0: You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. And tonight we're talking about the 1984 holiday themed, uh, maybe with a little uh, horror thrown in, just for good measure, uh, Joe Dante's Gremlins. You, no trouble. We, Being.
1: You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are huge.
2: Sound off like you got a bear. No. Sir! Yes, sir. Hey, yes! I was wondering what would break fast. Your spirit?
1: all your money! You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is... The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What do you mean is this Old Testament, Mr. yes, Mayor? Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. <laughs> Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness. Earthquakes, volcanoes. <laughs> the sea rising from the grave. Human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living together. Mass is
0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian. With me tonight, Mr. Paul Williams.
1: How's it going, man?
0: Oh, dude it's 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 going good. Happy holidays. What's... Yeah. Yeah. So here we are talking about Gremlins. Some people consider uh, this to not be a Christmas movie, but you know, I'm in that weird camp where I consider this, you know, and and Lethal Weapon and Die Hard to be Christmas movies.
1: Uh, how how is how is exactly Gremlins not a Christmas
0: movie? Maybe some people are like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a Christmas film. It feels like a bunch of monsters running around eating people. Yeah, but, you yeah, know, I mean, to each their own, you know. I mean, you can only watch It's a Wonderful Life and Christmas Stories so many times, people. I mean, at least I can. Yeah.
1: I guess the bigger question would be, is Gremlins a kids movie?
0: Ooh, now that is a really loaded question. I would say yes I mean, and no.
1: I would lean more towards yes because I feel like the movie was marketed to kids a little.
0: It is, um, but, like, some of the humor in it is... It, it is aimed at adults, and, like, a lot of the in-jokes in the movie, because, I mean, the, the film is, like, a horror comedy.
1: Yeah, and oh, it a, is definitely a horror comedy.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of cool, like, little in-jokes and throwbacks to, like, 50 sci-fi movies that I just... Man, I don't think... I think those were put in there for the adults at the time. Oh, yeah. and man, dude, I, don't, I don't know if, if some of the adults... You know now are even going to get it. And I definitely don't think the kids would like when you see Robbie the Robot like standing in the background in like the the Inventor Convention. I think that's going to go over a lot of people, a lot of younger people's heads.
2: Yeah,
1: at the time, I think when Gremlins came out, it was it was one of those movies that kind of pushed the boundaries what you could actually do as a, as a and still call it a kids film.
0: You know? Oh, oh yeah, dude. Yeah, the reason the PG thirteen rating was invented. Was because of this and Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. They, they, they pissed parents <laughs> off when they came out. They were like, "Wait a minute, what the hell is this?"
1: You know, Steven Spielberg, who was involved with both, you know, Indiana Jones and Gremlins. That uh, that man does have some pull. You know, if if you can go to the MPAA and get them to basically re regenderize films, or not regenderize, but rather than re. uh What's that? Reappropriate age. Well no, it's not it's, <laughs> it's not
0: reappropriate. It's it's creating a new rating, is what it is what they're yeah. doing. Because yeah. before there was this it was P G and then it was R. Gremlins doesn't really fit in P G and it doesn't really fit in R. I'd say it fits more to PG than R. But, no,
1: but there was there was a lot of those weird movies, like you know, those eighties movies that were kind of like they were they were more pandered towards like preteens and, and young teens. Yeah, like weird science.
0: That that's that's aimed for more like preteens and teenagers. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas this movie, because of because it has Gizmo, the the cute little mogwai in the movie, and he is doing very kids things, and there's a lot of Looney Tunes references. I mean, dude, if you just turn the picture off and listen to the soundtrack of Gremlins, I'm not just talking about the score. I'm just, I'm talking about the sound effects. Just listen to the audio, and there there are moments where you'll confuse it with a Looney Tunes cartoon
1: oh yeah yeah definitely and there are so many other movies that are that are also being played and and watched during during gremlins it's 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 almost like you could play a game of guess that movie while you're watching gremlins
0: i love the invasion of the body snatcher clip oh man that that is a classic i love that movie so much
1: yep and speaking of it's a wonderful life (laughs)
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta throw the you know, the Christmas movie, you know, in there on, on TV. I I, th- I think that's important. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like uh it's kind of like when you're, you know, watching Halloween and you see like, you know, Howard Hawks' The Thing come up, The Thing from Another World. When you know, when they're watching that, it's important. It helps kind of set the mood, in a in a in a weird meta way, where it's you're watching a screen with characters watching a screen. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always I always like that. It kind of I don't know helps relate it.
1: Looking at Gremlins, you know, and I mean, I saw this movie at a young age and, and watching this movie now, I can still say I enjoy it just as much as I did when I was young, you know, like, I still think it's a, it's a really fun movie to watch.
0: You know, I don't know. I was actually thinking about that. I saw this when I was like three. It's this Gremlins is one of the very first movies. It's up there with like Godzilla 1985 in um, Star Wars, it, it's something that I I cannot remember life without gremlins. Yeah, because I grew up with that. That nostalgia is there. Would I enjoy this as an adult, having not seen it as a child? I don't know. I, I haven't got to experience it that way, so I, I really just I, I don't I don't have an answer for it. Because this is a this is kind of a it's a weird tonal sh- shift of a movie. Like it's funny and it's not scary for adults, but there are some frightening scenes for children in this movie for sure.
1: I love, like, the stark contrasts in this film. You have this little creature that is absolutely adorable. He's a manages, Yeah, that manages to create these evil little mischievous monsters. It's really weird. Like, you know, even, like you were saying, even watching Kremlins now is kind of still a little weird because it's, like, the the tonal shifts that the movie does take.
0: Yeah, you'd think it wouldn't work, but... I, man, it works for me very well. And I, this movie definitely got me interested in, in Joe Dante's career, the director. Um, yes. because I mean, I just, I love that guy. I love his wacky, wild sensibilities. You know, I mean, you can tell he's a big Chuck Jones. And Chuck Jones is the guy that did all the Roadrunner um, and White, Wally Coyote uh, cartoons. You know? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Chuck Jones is noon, noon in the Warner Brothers animation.
0: I think Chuck Jones uh he's even in the bar scene. Yes, he is. Um I think th- I think it's when um uh Billy Peltzer's like drawing uh, J- uh, Judge Nelson and, and Judge Nelson into like some monster or yeah. something. He's like he's like he's some sitting, dragon. He, yeah.
1: And like he's sitting Chuck right Ju- there beside it. Yeah. Yeah, cuz he makes a comment about oh you that you're that's looking really good, you know, or something along the lines of that.
0: Yeah. And then even in the sequel, Gremlins 2, um which was made like six years later. Like I think Chuck Jones did the the animation, the Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck opening and animation closing. At the beginning. Yeah, the book ends yeah. there. I think he did that yep. as well. Pretty I'm, sure he did. This movie, I mean, it is crazy, it's got this tonal shift, and I think adding this Looney Tunes love, it really works and it, it that's what makes the movie kind of special.
1: Yep. And not only did you have, you know, Joe Dante, you had the writer, Chris Columbus. Who also went to go on to do Home Alone, and he went to go on and direct the first two Harry Potter movies, and uh, which is, which is kind of crazy because if you if you really watch Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, you really see a lot of Spielberg and and some some Joel Dante. You know, you do see some of that come across in the first two Harry Potter films.
0: Wait, um, wait, wait, hold up. Where, where do you see Joe Dante in the Harry Potter movie?
1: Oh, really? Yeah, maybe not so much Joe Dante, but definitely Spielberg.
0: Yeah, I can, I can see the Spielberg for sure. I definitely see the influence. No, definitely I Spielberg. I don't see any Joe Dante there. That's, yeah. that's one thing. It's like Gremlins, to me, I understand Chris Columbus uh, wrote it, you know, and we want to give yeah. writers uh, like all their props in the world, but to me, like, Gremlins will always be a Steven Spielberg, Joe Dante joint. Spielberg was really good because... He he was he was able to craft this story and to, and to make it more kid oriented because the original script that Chris Columbus wrote was just it was really violent. Yeah,
2: like, it Billy's was actually directed her, more
1: towards adults than it was children.
0: Yeah, like Billy's mom gets her head cut off and he gets thrown down the stairs, yeah, yep. like decapitated. It's like what, what, what?
1: Yep. It seems like some of it was was influenced by the Twilight Zone episode with the gremlin on the plane.
0: I, I don't know if that's where he took his 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 inspiration from. Most of the things that I, when I was doing research and everything, I, most of the things I saw, uh, Joe Joe Dante kept going to the this Bugs Bunny Gremlins cartoon, which I had actually never seen before. Um, it, it's kind of cute. They don't they don't look anything like the Gremlins in this movie uh, at no. all.
1: <laughs> really whatsoever. No, no. no, not at all.
0: But they don't it, look any, it's anything. It's a cute
1: cartoon. Yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, you know, Gremlins, yes, does have this Warner Brother or Looney Tunes esque feel to it. It totally does. Um and one thing one thing I wanna I wanna I wanna ask.
2: What is what is
1: up with Spielberg and people that invent things?
0: Uh man, the only movies I can think of with Spielberg and inventing things is uh this and Back to the Future. Goonies
1: Data Data? Data. I don't know. He. Dude, he, he's got all kinds of gadgets.
0: He's got gadgets. I mean, okay.
1: And he invented
0: them. Yeah, okay. Three Spielberg movies, though, man. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I'm seeing a trend here. I will say, Chris Chris Columbus did, like when you were talking about earlier, just bringing up Goonies just reminded me of this. But we were talking about earlier when he, he feels Spielberg. And the reason he probably feels like Steven Spielberg is because, I mean, he wrote three Spielberg produced movies. Gremlins was the first, and then the second was Goonies, and the third was Young Sherlock Holmes. Which, if you grew up in the 80s, and you were a kid, you saw all three of those movies.
1: Yes, unless you were me, and you've only ever seen two of those three movies.
0: Oh, wait, what's the other one you haven't seen? Which one?
1: Dude, if I've seen Young Sherlock Holmes, I vaguely remember it, because I remember the, the stained glass night. Yeah, that's badass. That tells you how long it's been since I've seen young Sherlock Holmes.
0: That was the, one of the very first um, instances where they used CGI in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, it, dude, it's super, super rare. I mean, like, you're talking about that, like, the abyss. Damn. That's all I can think yeah. of off the top of my head anyway.
1: but mm, Not a lot of CGI in the early 80s.
0: Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, maybe the last Starfighter. I feel like there was another science fiction one, but that's neither here nor there.
1: And Gremlins did spawn one sequel. I mean, I, I wouldn't say Gremlins 2. I don't know. I guess I, I like Gremlins 2 for certain reasons. But as for which one, which one I like more, I feel that Gremlins is more directed towards children, where I feel like Gremlins 2 is more directed towards adults.
2: What?
0: Really? I mean, maybe not I don't know. I feel the exact opposite way, man like I I, mean, I kind of
1: feel I kind of feel a little weird about Gremlins too.
0: the first movie it's 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 a horror movie, second it's a comedy first. the second one's just like it's a comedy through and through, and it just happens to have yeah so, and the second one is
1: a lot of creatures. A, I would say the second one they utilize there's a lot more color utilized in it, and I think that makes it feel a little more cartoonish.
0: I don't know if it had so, had more color if that's just better film
1: stock. Yeah, it could be that too. It yeah, because be I mean,
0: there are 6 years 6 years difference and Gremlins, if I have one complaint with how it is photographed, it's it's photographed in that really weird 80s where it, it, in the 80s and sometimes in the in the 70s too, they just they shot things kind of soft. I'm not really Oh, yeah,
1: Gremlins Gremlins is definitely definitely soft shot kind of soft
0: yeah it just kind of has a little haze. like even when you get the blu-ray and the blu-ray i will say the blu-ray looks way better than the dvd looks way better than the vhs looks great but it's the way they photographed it like it's only gonna look but so good
1: i don't know but i guess at the same time gremlins wouldn't be the same if it wasn't shot how it was shot
0: i don't know yeah i don't know no it it, it would probably been better if it had been shot just a little bit sharper man i mean i i hate to be that guy that's like looking at the well, yeah, I mean, from your perspective but yeah yeah
1: yeah i mean but I, i'm totally with you cuz it was there was like this run in the 80s of of films that did that kind of hazy look to them
0: yeah it you know it's, it was an aesthetic choice and it was what was popular at the time it also it really oh, helped out with you know some of the effect shots because that, that is one thing. Like, you look at the effects in this film. Like, they do so many different things because they're not 100% sure how things are going to turn out. And you can uh-huh. see in the movie where they'll they'll shoot things at regular speed. You know, they'll over-crank and under-crank the camera to get the film to run either fast or slow to give, to give you that, that you know, just different motions. And you can see it when you watch the film.
1: You know, you, you can see... I guess, some- I guess the best example would be when the one gremlin's on the ceiling fan
0: yeah, you can definitely t- you can definitely tell that that is sped up. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a whole bunch. There's even like uh there's that one gremlin when the mom comes into the kitchen. You know, and there's that huge like kitchen scene with the microwave. The one yeah, the one yeah. gremlin eating the cookie. If you look at him, like he's sped up.
1: Yeah, he is sped up.
0: And there's even a a shot and man, dude, I have noticed this forever, but they—I'm glad they caught it out on the audio commentary. But the shot following that with the mom—if you actually watch yeah. it—the the gremlin puts—I uh, think he puts his head in the bowl, and then it turns back to the mom, and the mom turns around, and that shot is actually in reverse. You can see, like you—you you can tell by the way yeah. she blinks and her yeah. eye movement, and I probably saw that shot fifty or sixty times without ever even noticing.
1: Yeah, yeah, because, you know, this old classic slot of hand, dude. They they get you with the action. <laughs> and it takes your it takes your attention off of that. There's 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 a lot of interesting things about Groans. Um, God damn it, I can't think of his name, dude. The guy that plays the neighbor. Oh, Dick Miller. Oh, Dick Miller, yes.
0: Dick Miller from uh fuck, what was that? He, I I guess most people probably know him right now from Demon Night.
1: Yeah. I could. think that was the last movie I remember seeing Dick Miller in.
0: Yeah, yeah, was that, uh, Demon Knight. That was probably the last one. That, yeah, yeah, same here.
1: And uh, he actually, he actually plays in Gremlins, and he comes back as the same character in Gremlins too.
0: He's also in. Uh, <laughs> he's also in the Terminator. He's the one who sells Arnold Schwarzenegger all the guns in the beginning of the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a great character actor. Come, you know. What, what, from way back, way, way, way back in the day, and I, I like his, his xenophobic, um, maybe slightly racist <laughs> uh, <laughs> next door neighbor. He he plays. It you know. It's again. It's
1: goddamn foreign cars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have to remember when the movie was was made, and uh, I mean, well, not only that. I mean, they're playing it for laughs. Like, I mean, even the main character in the movie, uh, Billy, is. Um, I don't know. He, he gives him weird looks. Like, man, you know, that's not really appropriate, old man. <laughs>
1: yeah, he does.
0: Yeah, is that Gillian does give him, like, I don't know. He gives him some good some good
1: looks. You see that right there? That's a Kentucky Harvester. It's Kentucky Harvester.
0: <laughs> Kentucky Harvester never break down.
1: <laughs> it's so funny later on in the movie when he's all drunk at the bar. And <laughs> he's like, I'm <"They're> gremlins. <laughs> he put gremlins in them from the factory.
0: really outside of like that Twilight Zone that skit you were talking about and I mean a couple other things I mean really the Twilight Zone thing was famous I guess we should back up a little bit and talk uh, talk about the Twilight Zone so Steven Spielberg did the Twilight Zone he did a a section of that John Landis did a section and Joe Dante did the third part and George Miller did the fourth one which was the gremlin on the the wing of the plane on the wing of the plane yeah it's a reimagination not a it's a reimagining of that of the Twilight Zone episode where William Shatner William Shatner sees the gremlin on the wing of the plane, um, and George yeah. Miller did a great job doing that as uh, filming that. That's probably my favorite segment in that movie is as well. But my second favorite is Joe Dante's work, um, and that's what he was doing in between this because he had, mm-hmm. he had just done the Howling. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows. We're big fans of The Howling. Pro- prob- I like that werewolf transformation more than American Werewolf in London. I think that needs to be stated one more time. I,
1: w- I would agree. I would agree that that's probably one of the best werewolf transformations on film that I think I've ever personally seen.
0: Right, dude? I, I like it a little bit more than American Werewolf in London.
1: I have read comments online about that, you know, about how the transformation – is overhyped in the howling and how it looks so dated and it's like no man this looks awesome
0: my two favorite effects guys of all times uh, come from the 80s i am am absolutely in love with rob botin and chris wallace
1: those are are both fantastic
0: yeah rob botin did the howling the thing he designed robocop and Chris Wallace, we've talked about him before on the podcast. He did yeah. The Fly, which he won an Oscar for. Yep. And, of course, he did this film.
1: Yeah, so major props.
0: Oh, yeah, man. No, The, the, the special effects work in this, in this movie, I think, is, is brilliant. I mean, I, yeah. think, I think that's yeah. what made the movie a hit, to be honest with you. Not the actual effects work, but just the design of Gizmo and the design of the Gremlins is
1: well, it's fucking perfect. It. I mean, you also got to think of when this movie came out too. If you watch really closely, there are actual times where Gizmo moves his his nose. You know, all these are these are puppets. You know, they're that's what they're puppets. You know, there's no CGI. There's no oh, we'll just we'll just draw Gizmo in and post. Uh, no, there was none of that. Every everything you see is is right there.
0: Oh yeah, dude. There's very few match shots. In fact, there's only one. Stop motion shot that I saw in the movie, and it's when they're the coming that coming out of the town.
1: And you see yeah, all of them I do kind of want to talk about that for a second. I don't feel like Gremlins has gone to the wayside with time.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I that think it looks great. I, I
1: totally still, but that, in my opinion, is really the main shot that makes me feel the movie's a little dated really like, that shot did not age well that shot did not age well
0: no nah, i don't i don't man i see that doesn't the only time i ever feel the 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 datedness coming through and making it feel like it this was made in the 80s is the flash dance like little joke segment that they do in the bar with the gremlins now that the break dancing that kind of feels dated
1: yeah but yeah does so
0: i don't know man there's something the fact that stop motion is still used today it doesn't seem old to me. It just seems like, oh, well, you, you're you making an aesthetic choice for the old. And the way this whole yeah. film feels, it feels old school. It does feel. It the movie does is feel shot close. on a back lot. The whole film is shot on a back lot. Well, I don't know if the whole film is, but a majority of it is. the yeah, town the is, majority of it is. I mean, dude, the town that uh, he's walking around in with his bank, did you notice that that's the same exact fucking town square from Back to the Future? Mm-hmm you see the clock tower?
1: Yep. you, you, you can see actually, the clock tower? Yeah,
0: you see the clock tower in the background, but you don't see the clock. They cut it off. You can see the pillars of it, and you can see the stairwell and yep. the stairway but and you everything around. Yeah, exactly, yep. right? And you, the minute you and see I'll that, you, you're there, like, oh, that's Back to the Future. It's Universal's backlight.
1: Mm-hmm. But there is one also, another thing that really kind of makes the movie feel dated. The Burger King sign.
0: You know what, I, okay, why did Burger King, if Burger King was featured in the, why didn't Burger King give out, like, Gremlins promos? Because I, I, was, I, I was curious about they? this, and, no, I mean, I looked back, and the only thing I could see was Hardee's, Hardee's gave out, like, a little storybook, uh, records, but I didn't yeah, see but wasn't it. that
1: for Gremlins 2?
0: No, I think that was for, that was for Gremlins 1. I Damn, think was, how, yeah, the, how did I not know about this? I think it was for the first one, and but it was for Hardee's, it's not
1: Burger King,
0: and was, then why I, didn't Hardee's
1: why didn't Hardy's have a big ass sign? Up? I don't are know. There dude. Are there
0: in this town? <laughs> and I was listening to the audio commentary. I I will say I love the audio commentary on this disc. I have listened to it so many times. You know, it's they throw they throw product placement all over the place, especially in the department store. I don't think anybody paid oh, them for yeah. this stuff. I think I think a couple people paid them for th- some things, and then they were in just in the department store, and they were like, up oh, free milk duds. Like free, uh, what is Stripe have? What's that candy boy? I think it's the uh, Three Musketeers. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like I don't know. I think they just got away with free logos everywhere, free promotion. I don't, the only thing I can think of is that films weren't, you know, cross promoted and marketed like they are now. Like you put a car in a film now, you know, the the car is very featured in the film. You're definitely going to get a shot of the logo somewhere. And then it gets shot, and then you'll probably have a commercial that'll you know incorporate some of your footage if you're a big blockbuster movie, but I will say this was not yep. a big blockbuster movie. this was not expected no. to gross a whole lot
1: no, it wasn't a uh it wasn't one of those mass projected films where it was gonna rake in tons and tons of money as a matter of fact, I believe gremlin's made way more money uh when it went on sale than it actually did in the theaters.
0: Oh no man. This this was a box office behemoth. I mean it was just it was unstoppable. Nobody knew about this. Now this movie came out June a Sleeper. 8th. It came out June eighth, nineteen eighty four. The same
1: weekend. just that, I don't mean to cut you off, man. But don't you think that's a weird time to bring a Christmas movie out?
0: Well, Paul, if you'd let me finish here.
1: What I was going
0: to say is it was released on June eighth, nineteen 1984, and on top of that, it came out the same weekend as Ghostbusters did, which is very similar in tone, horror and comedy. Yes. But you know what? Joe Dante uh, has a great... You can look up the Gremlins behind the scene on YouTube, and he's talking to the... The little boy Asian actor in the movie. I guess he's not a little boy now. He's probably a grown man. Uh, but yeah. at the time, he's a little kid. He's like I don't know eight. And Joe Dante's like, oh yeah, see, uh, we're gonna release it uh, in the summer because uh, you know everybody will be really hot and they'll come into the theater. and They're looking for <laughs> some coolness.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's. It, I mean, I guess that's a good. I guess that's a good reason. I mean, that he gives to the it. kid just or looks better. is just Joe Dante. Just a he's like no.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how the kid was. He was like, no, I'm not buying this. This movie was such a hit. All right? Ghostbusters was number one. Gremlins is the highest grossing movie of all time that never debuted at number one. At number one. At the box office. Now, I'll let that sink in for a little bit. Highest grossing film that never, it never made it to number one in the box office charts,
1: period. It was second rate to Ghostbusters, pretty much.
0: Oh yeah, man! Yeah, this was the summer Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom was released. Yes, it was. So I mean, it was like a super summer, man. This is the 129th highest-grossing film, adjusted for inflation.
1: Now, see, that's that's crazy. Out of all the films yeah. made since the invention of film photography, this movie is still in the top 200.
0: And this is kind of a, I don't know, it's just it's such a weird movie. If you look at all the movies that are in the in the top, you know, you go through the top 130, you get down to almost the bottom of the list, you hit the Gremlins, and you're just like, huh, that's, that's weird. I think it's the design, dude. I think it's the design of Gizmo and, and the Gremlins.
1: It is, it really is, because Gizmo looks like a freaking stuffed animal, dude. Dude, he was made for merchandising. Oh, totally made for merchandising.
0: I love the second movie because they call out all that stuff and they, like even like the the Donald Trump uh, Manhattan guy <laughs> John oh, Lover yeah. plays I forget his name yeah, Oh it's
1: Clamp yeah yeah I fr-
0: I forget what his first name is but anyway Clamp the guy that owns all this Donald Trump like stuff he owns this big building in in New York he looks at Gizmo and he's like all I see is little dolls with suction cups stuck mm-hmm. to the back of car windows and it's like yeah, man, yeah that's yeah. exactly what happened
1: yeah. Yeah. which is really smart I mean dude. You know, don't get me wrong, that's that's really smart. You, you have a creature or a character here. You basically could totally market to any child, not only in the United States, but any child all over the world. Like, I almost often wondered if, if Pokemon kind of got, like, like <laughs> if the creator of Pokemon was influenced by Gizmo. Like, <laughs> I wondered that.
0: Yeah, I could see like that. One, I, I could totally see Yeah, see? Yeah. That. See? yeah. Yeah, cause, you know, totally you, see that. You look at those Pokemon, and they don't—they don't make a lot of sense in terms of like how they're physically designed. Kinda, mm-hmm. you Look at the Mogwai, and, Like, it's not just Gizmo. Like all the Mogwais in, in, in all the Gremlin movies, like their ears are hairless, but their mm-hmm. bodies are hair, and then their mouths are hairless. They're just—they're cute, but they're weirdly designed.
1: There was one. There's one actress in this movie in particular that any kid in the 80s that saw this movie (laughs) and later on got to see Fast Times at Bridgemont High? Oh, yeah. Uh, Phoebe Cates. Oh, Phoebe Cates. Yeah. That that scene in itself is so iconic, dude. Just that scene of her coming out of the pool.
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, that wasn't even... (laughs) That you know what's hilarious is that Judge Reinhold is like he's the one like jacking off <laughs> yeah. thinking about he that. Plays that.
1: <laughs> because, he plays the asshole baker too.
0: <laughs> I don't know. And that makes it like super awesome. That's like Judge Reinhold is this this guy. It's uh, you know, it's, it's hilarious because he also had a great year um in nineteen eighty four because I think he was in the top grossing movie of the year, Beverly Hills
1: Cop. Him and Eddie Murphy did Beverly Hills Cop that year
2: too. Yep.
0: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, his his scene in Fast Times at Richmond High is is great.
2: <laughs> well,
1: you definitely did.
2: Yeah,
0: it was infamous, I mean, dude, man. Dude, I I, I, dude, knew I mean, about that, I'm pretty sure I saw
1: that it. I can at least I can at least name a few people probably know that scene, but still have never seen Fast Times at Richmond High. They know that scene with Phoebe Cates coming out the pool, though.
0: I bet they do. You know why? Because <laughs> it got on the internet and Googled <laughs> that. <laughs> Just like every every male listener right now is doing, and probably half of the female audience is doing right now as well. <laughs> They're like, huh.
1: Let's go check out Phoebe
0: Cates. She is married to Kevin Klein, so and they have, they have been married for a really, really long time. That's one of those really rare Hollywood marriages that's lasted a while.
1: Kevin Klein is one lucky man. Yeah,
0: but, I mean, you know, it, he's funny. You know, those those guys are, like, pretty good looking and funny. Fuck them. Fuck Fuck you, Kevin <laughs> Klein, with your awesomeness. Like, fuck you. Like, that's that's what every guy in the world thinks. It's like, you're funny. You look better than me. I hate
1: you. <laughs> Not only that, but you're married to Phoebe Cates. <laughs>
0: and you're married to Phoebe Cates. I double hate you.
1: That's, that's, that's just the fucking triple threat right there
0: alright I think we are officially going to take a break right here um, we're going to play the trailer for Gremlins you know I would say this is, this is a really good trailer to watch don't just listen to this one I would actually say if you haven't seen the trailer for Gremlins go watch it
2: mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins Billy Pelser has a nice home Billy, is that you? Yeah, Mom, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents hello, hello, hello. who are about to give him You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. We'll wait till Christmas. The most unusual <laughs> gift he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change.
0: Yeah. Rafe. Yeah.
2: They become clever. <laughs> mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. eh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. I've <laughs> been here too what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're going to have a major disaster on your hands. <laughs> Gremlins. Directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. And we're back.
0: That was the trailer for 1984's Gremlins. Directed by Joe Dante. Written by Christopher Columbus. Uh... If you guys didn't see the trailer, you didn't watch it, and you just heard us play the audio for it, you didn't know, but there are no Gremlins at all. There's no Gizmo in the trailer. You don't see them.
1: You just see little bits of Gizmo. Like, you see the back of Gizmo's head.
0: Yeah. You see, like, a Gremlin. I think you see a Gremlin arm or hand, whatever, arm and hand. Yeah. Towards uh, the end of the
1: trailer, yeah.
0: Yeah, you don't really see uh, the actual monsters. No, you don't. And even the poster. Which has like you know it's, I, I guess it's it's supposed to be Billy holding the little box with Gizmo in it, and you see Gizmo's arms and you see some menacing kind of eyes. Even the poster didn't give you anything.
1: You don't get much of anything from the theatrical poster.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, you do from the video one because the video one's got the great like the actual Gremlins like popping out of like the box art. Like, yeah, it like, does. They you do see that. Yes. And Like we're here. I forget. It's got like a crayon or something. It's a cool poster too. <laughs>
1: It's really weird because you would think that they would at least show the Gremlin. And, you know, you want to bring people... You want to get people interested. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'm i not saying that it didn't. Obviously, it did. The,
0: the reason I wanted to bring it up was because I, th- I think it's one of those things where you really can see word of mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. one of those like, oh, look, we put all the best moments in the trailer. So you're gonna come see it because you 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 saw all the great moments. You want to see more? Like no, and dude. I
1: personally hate that shit.
0: <laughs> A lot of people. I
1: mean, I'm serious. I fucking loathe that because I can't tell you how many movies I've seen where it's like you see the trailer and you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be fucking awesome," <laughs> and then you actually watch the movie and you're like, "I just watched all wow. the good parts." <laughs> I would have been better off just watching the trailer.
0: It does this one though. You cannot you cannot accuse the movie of do of doing that. And oh hell no! The fact that it was a it was a big hit with this this trailer. You know not not showing that much. I think it's it speaks volumes for. I don't I don't, I don't think the movie was original in terms of its story. You know I think it was it was taking that like 1950s monster movie to the 80s to the next logical level for the 80s, but yeah. I do, I really think, I think it's the design, I think it's the style, I think it's the tone and the wackiness
1: that really, it
0: really make this movie special. I cannot say that enough.
1: Yeah, and not only that, but the, the gremlins, they are malicious little creatures. It's, it's like mischievous. It's almost like they don't really intend on, like, coming out there and ripping someone to pieces and just murdering. You know, you, no, they, s- you they say would much that. Rather, they would much rather, like, fuck with the wiring in your house and have it catch on fire.
0: I don't know, man. You say that, but that kitchen scene in the movie, I, I don't know. I, w- once you see that and how violent that is, that is shocking. I mean, even today, I will say, yeah. like, watching, like, you know, a PG movie,
1: it is shocking. Yeah, and then the, the Christmas tree. Yeah. The Christmas tree scene. W- she
0: yeah, is. when she, it, the gremlins choking the mom hmm yeah that okay well i guess let's let's give our audience a little bit of a plot just in case they're still listening and haven't seen the movie billy Peltzer's dad
1: randall Pelzer, who played who, by wait axton
0: play, plays this crazy inventor guy
1: who comes he looks up, like he's a straight detective from the 1940s
0: <laughs> yeah he kind of does with that hat yeah you're kind of right <laughs> you yeah, the long you the
1: just, long trench coat
0: yeah i can see that the inventor of the bathroom buddy and uh either
1: that or you could just say he's a fat indiana jones
0: no no i don't i don't i don't feel that man no he's not no indiana jones has like panache and spark does know, things yeah and, i know yeah
1: this guy just invented shit
0: no
1: it does, no doesn't man. work that, that only lasts for like, only works for like two weeks.
0: <laughs> I love that breaks. though, because that, that, you know, again, okay. So Joe Dante literally packed this movie with so much, like, so like, the movie's called Gremlins. Gremlins, what are they? Like in World War Two when your plane was messing up, you'd be like, oh, she's got Gremlins. There's some Gremlins in here messing with the plane. What What does his dad do? He invents things that never work. They already have Gremlins in them. Yeah. I like that, man. I thought that, I just, I don't know. I think that's funny.
1: One thing does work. The dimmer switch.
0: Yeah, 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 that's true. It's the
1: only damn, it's the only damn thing he actually makes in the <laughs> is, entire movie. Is that the only thing that, that, that actually break? works? His bathroom buddy's all fucked up. Like, it doesn't work. Then, then we got the juicer does not work. Oh no, and, it, uh, it does
0: a great job of spraying crushed up orange juice all over the, yeah, you, yeah, the yeah, room in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, if you want to get sprayed with orange juice, you know, hey, that's that's a perfect way to start your day. Um then he's got the uh an answering device.
0: And you know what's ironic? Which Dude, that thing is know, actually you, pretty cool. Like the uh It is the cordless phone? Because it's 84. Yeah, but did
1: you notice the remote for the cordless? For the for the phone answering device. Yeah. It's the exact same remote for the dimmer.
0: Hey dude, once once you perfect something and it's great, you don't you don't mess with it, dude.
1: <laughs> well he messed with something because that shit damn sure didn't work.
0: <laughs> the inventor dad's going through Chinatown and they don't they don't really say where this Chinatown is. I take it's supposed to be either San, Frans- is it San Francisco or New York?
1: I always just attributed it to be in New
0: York. I'm not 100% sure where it is. I mean, I guess it is supposed to be New York because the alleyways are are very are very cramped, but
1: you know. And it does look like, you know, from where the movie is filmed, it looks like it, it does look like it is filmed in the Northeast.
0: The whole again, the whole thing is shot on back lights. Yes. So they're they're trying to give you that 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 feeling.
1: Like what's his intention? Like is this is his intention actually to go into the this china shop? and do some self-promotion or is his intentions to actually go in there and buy something
0: no no okay. he's, he's going there to look for uh you know something special something unique for his son for christmas
1: yeah that's what i kind of figured but at the time at the same time he you know whips out the bathroom buddy and whips out his little business card, you know. But dude, so he, like, do,
0: he does that everywhere he is. Like even when he stops at that. Uh, oh yeah, gas station. that makes me
1: think of another one. Yeah, the smokeless ashtray.
0: Exactly. Like that he, catches on fire. He, he he's <laughs> selling that guy. Like he just stops. He's like, oh hey, I just happened to notice that you're a smoker. Do you want after my-? his
1: like fourth cigarette?
0: <laughs> well, no. isn't the guy, like, isn't he smoking like two cigarettes at the same time? Mm-hmm. In that scene.
1: Mm-hmm. As well said, he, he literally puts one cigarette out and directly lights another one. There are things that are totally gotten away with in this movie because of the time period that it was made in that definitely, I really don't think you could necessarily get away with putting this stuff in a movie today Oh, my and marketing yeah. it to kids. You know, like... The constant the damn, smoking? And drinking. Like, the the gremlins are like... That one gremlin, dude, he's got, like, five or six cigarettes in his mouth and, like, a bottle of Jack Daniels right beside
0: him. Dude, there's a flasher
1: gremlin. (laughs) Yeah, he's got the little robe. He's got the little fucking... uh, The little... uh, trench coat thing. uh, Trenchcoat on Yeah, he he pulls (laughs) over and he, like, exposes himself
0: to Phoebe Cates. And it's just like, wait wait a minute, what? (laughs) Well,
1: how the hell can you... Most of them walk what around the naked. In him,
0: wait, <laughs> well, I don't know. That's that's kind of why it's funny, you know. You know, they humanize them and they they put them they put them in little clothes and they they make them do things that people do. That cracks me up, especially like when you see like because <laughs> you don't really think of the gremlins as male or female. I, I guess they're asexual because they reproduce by water getting squirted. Water, yeah. Because you know you have three rules. Rule one: can't expose them to sunlight. Rule two. You rule can't get two, them wet. Never get them wet.
1: <laughs> exactly. Rule three: Don't feed them after midnight. The most important. The most important rule of all: <laughs> Never feed them after midnight.
0: I loved the second movie when they started making fun of the rules. It it is it's absolutely insane. Like Zach Gillians trying to trying to tell him like, oh no, you can't do this, you can't do that. And they're like, yeah. "Well, what what if you feed them after midnight, and uh, you're in a different time zone, or you're in an airplane?" Oh, you talking <laughs> about the
1: scientists?
0: No, they're not. The, they're not the scientists. They're the guys that are like, uh, they're I don't know. They're I guess they're the security control team. Oh, uh, uh, okay. But they're around all the monitors, and they like they pick him up when he's like trying to uh, turn the water off for the entire building. Yeah.
1: And, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And they yeah, just start yeah. like
0: just that. making fun of the rules. And they're like, like, wait a minute, if you feed him after midnight, it's always midnight somewhere. Like what time zone are we in?
1: You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they do a good job of, of, of pointing him it's out. It's
1: like there's humidity in the air
0: <laughs> But dude, that's something I never I never thought of that. I never questioned that until I saw Gremlins too. Oh no, no, you don't. You really don't. I never questioned these rules one time because I guess... The they the rules, man. Well, not only that they're the rules, but they put the rules forward. They obey the rules, which I think is really important when you're talking about horror films. You know, if you yeah. set up what a werewolf does, you know, you need to you need to stick to the rules of what a werewolf does. And they, they set yeah. up the gremlin rules. They stick to the gremlin rules. But they are silly. I don't question it when I'm watching the movie because the movie's
1: so silly. And it fits.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're literally talking about like monsters that are eating people, but if like one of them gets bashed in the head, they get a little dazed, and they you hear Tweety Bird sound effects.
1: You don't see them, yes, you do, but you hear them. <laughs> you you find out that our main character Billy, who is played by uh, Zach Gillum, he plays in both both Gremlin films, Gremlins and Gremlins: The New Batch. There's really nothing special about this dude. I mean, like his character, there's nothing super special about him. He's You know, an average Jew, he drives a Volkswagen Beetle that doesn't crank.
0: He can draw though.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He can draw. He can draw his ass off. And they
0: they kind of cut that out a little bit.
1: Yet he's working as a bank teller. (laughs) Well, I don't know. He got to start somewhere.
0: Yeah. You know, he's, he's he's just he's just out of high school, right? He hasn't. I don't know if he's like planning to go to college or if he's like gonna go to college soon. I feel like Phoebe's Kate, Phoebe Kate's character, like she is there, you know, like yeah. the bank teller that's her job. I feel like Billy's doing this to help his family out because, because there's Miss Deagle who's in the town. Oh. And I really wish they hadn't cut Not out the, the subplot with her.
1: <laughs> when I watch the scenes with her in it, especially the first scene when you encounter her, you know, it's like, I wonder if, if during the thought processes of, um, Making her, you know, they were like, well, we want to mix the Grinch that stole Christmas with the Wicked Witch of the West. She's like evil. Scrooge. <laughs> she, with the Wicked, <laughs> Wicked Witch of the West.
0: She is evil, but I still, I, I don't know, man. I, I still kind of like her, though.
1: Yeah, and her evilness. Yeah,
0: just, you, exactly. Be, She's so good. She's so good at being evil. That, that you like it? Yeah, she kind of wins me over a little bit in the movie. I'm not not only do I like the the actress and her performance, but the character kind of wins me over. And I I do feel bad when the gremlins throw her out the window later in the movie.
1: <laughs> My heart it hurts so bad.
0: Cuz yeah, I mean, especially when you like, you know, you see her and she's like she is a bitch out in the world. But then when you see her in house, she's like she has nobody. She's got like a photo of her husband like laying around all over like literally every other room
1: she has a photo of her husband. Yeah.
0: And she is just, she's a cat lady. She's got a bunch of cats.
1: And now you know why she's so fucking miserable and spiteful. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I I don't know, man. You kind of feel sorry for her. You're like, oh, you don't, you're just better because you Bank and I from, uh... are in
1: the same business, making money.
0: No, they did. Okay. That's, that's one thing I do want to uh, talk about. The deleted scenes. They cut out this whole subplot with Mrs. Deagle buying a lot of the people's uh, properties, the, buying their homes. Mm-hmm. And like shutting down the factories where people worked so she could sell the land to like some chemical company. And that's kind of weird, like Judge Judge Reinhold's character was gonna come in and be a, a bigger supporting character than he is in the actual movie. Because Judge Judge Reinhold's character, I don't know, man, he's he's really barely in the movie and really doesn't serve that much of a purpose in the film. In the in the final other film. than to
1: be yeah, other than to be an assistant manager at the bank and a a douchebag to get straight burned by Phoebe Cates. He's like, why don't you come see my new apartment? Never saw your old apartment, bitch. (laughs) There's a really
0: great deleted scene where he's locked in the, in the bank vault.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, I, man, I love that. I almost kind of wish they kept that in the movie.
1: They would have put that in the movie because you could have been like, ha ha, he's getting his comeuppance.
0: Yeah, he kind of does. You know, you realize that, like, oh, man, this guy's kind of crazy, and, you know, he's Beverly
1: Hills cop. this shit.
0: Yeah, he's he's very self-serving, and I don't know.
1: He comes across as this total smug douchebag, especially in the bar scene.
0: Dude, okay. (laughs) We keep bringing up the bar scene. Let's just go ahead and talk about the bar scene with Phoebe Cates, where all the gremlins are in there. I mean, because, dude, outside of the last act of the movie, that's... That's so great. That's just, it's insane.
1: Yeah, that that has to be like one of my favorite scenes in the the whole film. I I don't know, man. It's a toss-up between that and the movie theater scene. But they're probably my two favorite scenes in the entire movie with the Gremlins.
0: I love all of the costumes that the Gremlins are wearing. Oh, yeah like they yeah, put they yeah. put the uh, popcorn bags on their ears and they just oh man dude i love the popcorn but ba- that i don't know why that cracks me up but i think that is hilarious you see that one and he's laughing and he's got the popcorn bags on his ears <coughs> Michael Winslow did the the voice for that particular gremlin when he's laughing.
1: I think I think he did too. I'm pretty sure he did.
0: Yeah, he did a lot. Him and um, Howie, Howie Mandel. Mandel.
1: Howie Mandel,
0: yeah. Yeah, Howie Mandel did the uh, the voice for Gizmo, uh, which
1: ironically enough, if you listen to Bobby from Bobby's World, he sounds an awful lot like Gizmo.
0: <laughs> I think that's again one of the things that makes the movie like hearing Gizmo and hearing the Gremlins, like you know hearing Stripe. Yum. You know, like when they're, they're Yeah smokaka <laughs> You know what I mean? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah
0: It's it's go- it's so good. It it really does add a, a add a layer to the movie and that is complete afterthought. Again, Joe Dante did a lot. He pushed his sound people to re- to really not only make the gr- Gremlins audible but to add those Looney Tunes sound effects
1: in and and, and another thing, the music in this film, I uh, feel is fantastic
0: oh yes Um, jerry goldsmith
1: counterbalances of the music that you hear or the little tune the gizmo sings versus the music you hear once the gremlins appear
0: (laughs) (laughs) the gremlins ragtime is great
1: oh yeah yeah dude everybody knows that so just another one of the things that makes it special
0: I agree, man. You know, Jerry Goldsmith, we've we've talked about him before. He did the soundtrack for Alien. Um, Yes. Planet of the Apes is one of my all-time favorite soundtracks. He did the original 1960s version of Planet of the Apes. Gremlins was not even available for a long time. Like, you had the Gremlins ragtime, like the the Gremlins theme, what everybody thinks the theme is. And in terms of the whole soundtrack – it was just it was it was not available until like about ten years ago, and now you can get on iTunes. And I I look if you're a fan of this movie, it's eight ninety nine on iTunes, eight dollars and ninety nine cents. You can have every piece of music that Jerry Goldsmith has written for this film. I highly recommend it.
1: it. It's a good soundtrack. Yes, I love when I hear scores for films where you can tell the musician that was scoring the film actually really pays close attention to the film. Because sometimes I feel like I hear scores and it's just like, this person just did whatever and it's just like, eh nah, this is good enough. The, the big question kind of remains, is like, is this a kid's movie? And it's like, I would say yes, and another reason, because... I saw it as a child, you know, <laughs> I didn't see this as an adult, I saw it as a kid.
0: I mean, I'll be honest with you, as a kid, I didn't I didn't really see a lot of the comedy. I saw a couple moments, like, you know, when Gizmo's driving around in his sports car. I know we keep bringing it up, but the, the mom in the kitchen scene, when these little cute mogwais turn into flesh-eating gremlins. Dude, that yeah. that scene was intense. I mean, I remember that as a kid. That That was fucking intense
1: if you notice the interaction with gizmo and the baby mogwais like gizmo like the looks and that's another thing that i think is really awesome you know you you pretty much get the information that, that these little mogwai are not like gizmo because of the way he acts towards them he's kind of distanced to them and and one scene, man, that I always I remember as a kid that kind of like bothered me was when they have Gizmo on the dartboard.
0: Oh, uh, I always thought that was funny.
1: As a kid, I thought they were going to kill Gizmo.
0: <laughs> no, I, didn't know I, I never thought that for a, for a second that they were ever going to kill Gizmo. He's just, just like, way no, too
1: cute. Don't hurt Gizmo. <laughs> and one thing that you also that also is kind of interesting is like when they when they chew or they cut the uh, cord to the alarm clock. It's like he feeds him a whole plate of freaking chicken. He's like, hey, Giz, do you want a piece of chicken? Gizmo's like, it's after 12 o'clock. Hell no, I don't want no chicken.
0: I, the way Gizmo's acting, I don't think he knows that it's 12 o'clock. I just really think he is not hungry at that moment.
1: I think
0: too. the rest of the, the Mogwais in the box, though, are totally trying to turn into gremlins. That's something I've always kind of questioned. Like, why do they want to turn into gremlins? It seems like it would be almost a painful process. Because every time that Gizmo gets hit with water, that's when he multiplies. Yeah. And he shoots out all the little fur balls and they become other mogwais. And he acts like he's in he's in a lot of pain.
1: Yeah, and even the other mogwai. Like, even um, when, when they get water spilled on them, you know, they're kind of in pain.
0: Yeah, it seems like they're in pain. So it seems like that's, I don't know, like a last-ditch effort. Because even even Stripe, like, Billy's hunting him. It doesn't seem like he's really looking for water. It just seems like, oh, well, here's some water. I happened upon it. I'll jump into it now.
1: Yeah. Just because... You're talking about the YMCA pool scene?
0: Exactly, yeah. Like... When Billy goes and he's he's chasing him down later in the... Stripe. Because there is yeah. one gremlin that is, is the super bad.
1: And he, yeah, he's like the leader of all yeah, the gremlins.
0: <laughs> stripe has a white mohawk that runs through the middle of his head.
1: My whole thing is I still want to know how the hell Stripe comes back.
0: What do you mean how he comes back? What do you mean how he well, comes back?
1: Stripe is in gremlins and gremlins,
0: too. Stripe has fur. A fur stripe. In the second one... I guess, I don't know, I guess who, there's like a queen bee or something out of the mint. And whatever they have, yeah. they have some kind of a dorsal fin or a hair fin or something that ad- identifies them. Because in the second film, Gremlins to the New Batch, um, Stripe no longer has hair. He has like an amphibian spine.
1: You know, I always kind of contributed the, the kind of like the leader in the second one to be like a, a resurrected version of Stripe yes
0: yeah i just I, I don't know i just always took it that like if gizmo gets the water dumped on him there there's always going to be one of these that has yeah you know some kind of spine mohawk feature i mean the whole series really really doesn't pay too much attention to these details uh cory <laughs> cory feldman throws water on gizmo and once he does he realizes he multiply he takes him to his high, high school um science teacher, and he multiplies another one. And when he does, there's the multiplied one and Gizmo, and they seem like that they're kind of friendly. They don't seem yeah, like they, they hate each other. Like- and, the, and the one that um, the science teacher locks up, he seems like he only turns bad because he took blood from him. So it seems Yeah, like-
1: yeah that, that's true. Yeah, I, I had thought that myself, that that's the only reason why he actually kills the teacher. Because you you find that the you know the same needle that you know he drew blood with he ends up sticking right in the teacher's butt cheek, you know, brings it to another question. It's like, is Gizmo the only Mogwai? I, I you know don't that's know. that's like my question because if, if every time he gets water on him, those are not nice Mogwai;
0: <laughs> they're evil Mogwai. Let's call wait, wait, yeah, they're, you're they're, either Gizmo or you're evil Mogwai.
1: Yeah, you're easy. yeah, that's what I'm saying. See, that's that's the options we're given here. We're given Gizmo, Evil Mogwai. But there is and that like, one in the, well, how the hell lab that how the, makes it different. How the shit did these did this species even survive?
0: There are a lot of questions that you can you can totally bring up in this movie. And there are a lot of things that you can be like, look, I'm way smarter than this movie because I thought of this, I thought of this, I thought of this. Yeah. I know all the filmmakers already thought of that and they do a... Terrific job of circumventing it to where the audience just does not give a fuck because you're so yeah, invested clear. into what's going on.
1: Yeah, because because the story is it's just an interesting story,
0: dude. I don't I don't even know if, it, if it's the story. I I find the story like a little bit fascinating. I've again how this movie is told is what I find fascinating. The story I just find. This could have been like the beginning to the end, or the Deadly Manis, or the Thing from Another yeah, World. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you had given this script to any other filmmaker, it could have been like a just a B movie piece of shit of the week. And you give it to Joe Dante, and Joe Dante made it something really, really special.
1: Yeah, because he, he didn't. He he kind of approached it in an unconventional way.
0: Spielberg does B movies at an A list value. I mean, that's what Jaws yes, is. Yes, definitely,
1: yes. You know? De- yes, definitely. And I will say, I almost feel like the police department in this movie is <laughs> fucking useless.
0: No, they're totally useless.
1: There's two cops for this entire town, and I think they're literally both getting drunk at the police station on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yes, they are. When, When they actually do go out, and they see that, there are gremlins, because this dude is dressed up as Santa Claus, and he's straight getting fucking attacked by gremlins. And the cops just get in the car and speed away. That is really where this movie shines
0: in a big-budget, like, spectacle, backlock sense, is when you see these gremlins running around the town. You see Mrs. Dietz. Get thrown
1: out the window in her chair. Yeah, and then and then while they're while they're half inebriated so asses, trying to sit figure out what's going on, there's a damn gremlin cutting their brakes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, which is like when they get get a hold to the uh, Kentucky harvester. <laughs> it's like this dude goes out there to check his antenna, you know, and they're like swinging off the fucking antenna, and then next thing you know, he's met with his freaking tractor with a. The Kremlins are real. I told you they put them in for they put them in machinery.
0: Dude, I love when Dick Miller realizes like, <laughs> oh my my red my red skeleton uh, got turned into like some foreign film and it cuts to him and he's got this look and it's got sub you know, there's <laughs> subtitles on the screen. He's just like yeah. goddamn foreigners. It's <laughs> so It is, so Damn good. <laughs> it is oh, yeah, a yeah. priceless reaction shot.
1: Like I thought I thought one another scene that was great was, I think it happens, like, right after that with the with the Reverend.
0: Oh, in the mailbox?
1: Yes. In the mailbox? He, like, puts this thing on there and, he, like, the letter gets spit out back at him. Please. And he just kind of stands there and he just, like, is he, he puts his hands up like, what the fuck? And he just backs up and the other dude comes up and he's like, oh, good evening. <laughs> I'm go just mailing some Christmas cards. And he says, he's like, he's like, you know, going back to the whole police station thing. I mean, you know, our, our main character, Billy, he even takes Gizmo to the police station. And he's, like, explaining to the cops what's going on, and they're just, like, laughing at it.
0: We're talking about sci-fi, and we're talking about 50s, and it does give you a blob feel, dude. You know, it's like Steve McQueen going to the <laughs> going to the police station, being like,
2: Look, Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: There was this doctor. The doctor, he got eaten by this goo from a meteorite.
1: You know the one authority figures once again don't believe
0: anybody. I guess I like that, man. Though no, that it's a cliched scene, but at the same time, I wanted it as an audience member. Like, and not only do I want it, I you need it for story wise. Like, you need the main character to at least try to uh, try to uh, approach the authorities.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to have it. That is that is true.
0: Although I will say, that is my least favorite gizmo. In the PlayStation. Like, Gizmo looks like...
1: Like sitting, when he's sitting on the desk.
0: Yeah, he's got the Santa hat on. His face looks really weird.
1: It does look really strange.
0: It looks like he has something sour in his mouth.
1: We know the concepts of the rules, right? So those rules, I'm assuming, don't apply once they turn into gremlins.
0: No, they totally apply when they turn into gremlins. Because if they get wet, they multiply when they're gremlins. Because, like, we were talking about the Y scene... Stripe well, is a Gremlin, about, oh, and he jumps in the water, and he multiplies.
1: Okay, so what about when we get to the bar scene, though? They're sitting there drinking copious amounts of alcohol, the I one just, Gremlin look, straight up has his head under the tap.
0: Look, okay, so you I guess you can get water in you, because I, I guess all life forms need water. So you can get water well, inside no, of you.
1: No, 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 that's not even true because they say you can't even give Gizmo water to drink.
0: No, that's not true because at the end of the movie, isn't the mom like, oh, I bet, I bet Gizmo would
2: like some chicken noodle soup.
0: That's got water in it. So I guess if as long as Gizmo doesn't spill the soup on him, I guess he's okay.
1: But the dad even straight up says, <laughs> straight up says, don't even give him water to drink.
0: I don't know. You can say that, but they clearly say, hey, I'll go get him some soup.
1: <laughs> so, oh, I know. I know. It's just another one of those kind of contradictory things. <laughs> or does it just have to be water?
0: I don't know. They never dumped Gatorade or, like, fruit juice on him. <laughs> so we'll just never know. Spray
1: him down. Spray a bunch of mogwai with a bottle of champagne.
0: But I, I would take that's it any liquid would probably do that to Gizmo. Yeah, is what know, I
1: understand. Yeah, that's what my thought was. Again, like
0: there's some weird. plot holes when you, when you think about stuff and when you like actually wrap down into it. But like when you're watching the movie, you don't you don't you don't have these problems. Yeah. No. Bef- before we before we get off and and we don't talk, <laughs> we start talking about other things. I, d- I really do want to talk about uh, Phoebe Cates. Her character, Kate, has this great. Story of why she hates Christmas. And she says mm-hmm. throughout the entire movie, she's like, Oh, I know, I don't like Christmas. And I, I, her dad dressed up in a Santa Claus outfit and he was going to come surprise her. And he tripped and fell down the chimney, broke his neck. And um, they didn't know where their dad was until the fire department apparently uh, brought out his dead body from the chimney in a Santa suit. Hence why she doesn't like
1: Christmas. And I think that would make any child be like, fuck Christmas.
0: Dude, it's a great scene. It's a great scene. And the studio, Warner Brothers wanted Joe Dante to cut this. Nobody liked this scene but Joe Dante. And Joe Dante, well, I'll this tell was you what. the thing he fought Joe for. Dante
1: made. Joe Dante made the the right call. Definitely did stand by what he felt strong about. and it And it worked. Because I don't think I would... I wouldn't view Gremlins the same because there's not a whole lot of really serious moments in Gremlins. And I think that that is the most serious moment of the entire film. And plus, you get a little bit more insight to the character of Kate.
0: Steven Spielberg was so fucking awesome on this. Steven Spielberg and Joe Dante had final cut on this film. And Joe Dante was arguing this with the studio. The studio was like, you know what? We'll just go to Steven Spielberg and uh, we'll tell him to cut it. And he'll cut it. You're fucked.
1: And, yep. and there's not a lot of times where an executive producer <laughs> actually comes in and does final
2: cut on the film.
0: Yeah. But Steven Spielberg came in and was like, you really like this scene? And Steven Spielberg is on record as saying he does not like this scene. And he thought it should have been cut as
1: well. But that tells you that he trusts and respects the director that he had and the vision of that director.
0: And he stuck by him. He let yeah. him make that choice. And um again, this is a Joe Dante film. Steven Spielberg produced it. He got the money for Joe Dante. I'm not I'm not denying that. And Spielberg did probably two of the big two of the biggest script changes from a story's perspective he changed originally Gizmo was supposed to be Stripe he was supposed to turn into Stripe and get, and mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg decided no Gizmo should be through the entire movie and
1: yeah Gizmo should be Gizmo
0: I thought that was brilliant probably the best thing he brought to it Gizmo should have to defeat Stripe the rest of the movie is entirely Joe Dante like if you watch oh, Tom yeah. Hanks and the Burbs you'll see moments from gremlins
1: yeah you do yeah you do do. yeah there are a lot of like i never really thought about that before (laughs) you got the scene where the all the gremlins are in the movie theater and they just like you know we're gonna just take them all out at one time we're just gonna burn the burn the movie theater down (laughs) it's kind of funny because stripe is like standing there what does he got candy He's got, like, a shitload of candy in his hands or shit. Or he's, like, broke into one of those little claw machines or whatever. And he's, like, just standing there. And he's just, like, watching the theater go up, like,
0: no. Oh, yeah. No, he breaks into, like, some department store. Because all yeah. the theater is out of candy. Because the gremlins overran the theater and they ate all the candy. Oh, man. I love, as a horror fan... And of course, anybody that listens to this podcast knows. Paul and I, we're all horror and sci-fi fans. We yes. really dig horror. And yes, the end of this movie, the end of this movie, I love regardless of my age. Like I, dude, I don't care if I, nostalgic value aside, the third act of this film, the final act is great. Dude, I love it. Oh yeah, as an adult, as a child, I love this final act. It just well, it hits I feel that like sweet spot.
1: This is- yeah, yeah, I feel like this is the point in time where the horror element really shines a lot. Where I mean, totally. don't get me wrong, there are certain parts of the movie earlier that's got like a little jump scares here, a little jump scare there. But yep. when I say feels like a horror movie, this is shot like a horror movie with strike coming up on the TVs. You know, the whole element of like the I'm just gonna. Like a cat toying with its prey, you know.
0: Oh, dude, I I, I love it. I love it. I he's got those like little buzzsaw things that he like he throws, or I don't know what they're called—the circular saws.
1: Yeah, circular saws.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's throwing those at Billy, and then not the what is it—the crossbow that he shoots at, yeah. at right in Billy's arm. Mm -hmm. dude, it's so good. And he
1: he sets up, like, the distractions with the robots and the other toys and stuff.
0: And then he comes out with the electric chainsaw, and it's, oh, my God, dude. It's just, it's so good. Even when he gets, like, blasted by the sun by Gizmo, that is extremely satisfying, like, watching Stripe get melted into nothing.
1: Yeah, it is very satisfying. Yeah, but the, the part that you're talking about where he's using the, uh, the skill saw blades or the circular saw blades. He's using them like freaking uh, ninja throwing stars and shit.
0: <laughs> yes. When he when he popped up, uh, I forget what it is. I think he pops up with the crossbow, dude. That made my mm. wife jump. Oh really? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, just watching it tonight, it's like she jumped at that. You know, like, it, it was another thing. Like uh, she jumped uh, when Gizmo was first introduced to Billy.
1: When he kinda of pops out the box.
0: He comes yeah, when exactly. He, he pops yeah. out of the box. She jumped during that too. And it, dude, like this is nineteen eighty-four. You know? And dude, my kids jumped at that. It's old school filmmaking done so well. It's the right material with the right tone. And Steven Spielberg saw that and that's really what That's what made it work, dude. You know, it's like Joe Dante, yeah. Christopher Columbus's script. It all came together, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's like the perfect amalgamation between horror, comedy, sci-fi, and fantasy.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: All right, guys, well, I think that's going to be it for us tonight. Um, We're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. I feel like Gremlins is a movie that has definitely stand the test of time, is a movie from my childhood that... I still enjoy and love just as much as I did then, you know, everything from the acting, to the set pieces to the, you know, cinematography, the music overall, everything that's done in this movie is done for a reason. The movie does not take itself very seriously. And in the end, it's a movie that you can sit down, whether you're 10 years old or, 70 years old i feel and you can still walk away and get something of enjoyment out of it and for that i'd have to say man that's why gremlins is one of my favorite movies
0: i think paul wrapped it up very nicely i you know i mean i don't i don't know what to add to that i really do i just think it's joe dante i think he sells his sound effects team it's 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 his puppet team Um and Chris Wallace just did such a tremendous job with these puppets. Like the special effects work that he did pre CGI. Man, I I, I don't I don't know. I can't say enough good things. I really can't. If Gizmo looked different, if Stripe and the rest of the Gremlins looked different, I do not know if I would like this film as much as I do. If Joe Dante had not directed it and not added all of those little comic beats all of the little sound effects that he does the lighting gags he does if those had not been in place i don't think i would like this film as much as i do
1: yeah man i'd have to i'd have to agree you know once again um the puppetry and everything is done immaculately you know there is a gremlins 3 made which would be interesting to see it still will never, never, ever hold a candle to
0: Gremlins. Yeah, I don't know. I really like the Gremlins sequel, dude. I re- I'm a big fan of Gremlins 2, The
1: new batch. I mean, I do like Gremlins 2. Gremlins two is is a, is a good movie. It is, but still, it just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't capture me like Gremlins does.
0: That's gonna do it for us this holiday season, um, and this will probably be our last episode of the year. Um if you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. And that is the Movie Crew and crew spelled C R E W E. If you guys want to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, you can do that at Movie Crew Pod. And please, if you can, give us a rating on iTunes and Stitcher that helps people find out about the show. Paul, where can people follow you, sir?
1: Uh, you can follow me at Paul R. Williams, J1.
0: So we're gonna close out the show like always, with a little bit of a soundtrack. Uh oh, man, I am torn on what to play. I think we have to play the intitles titles slash the Gremlin Rag, composed by Mr. Jerry Goldsmith
1: joy. Happy holidays everyone.